Welcome to day 187 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. Of course, in yesterday's uh, reading, we saw a high moment in the life of uh, you know, Elijah when God answers his very simple prayer in a fire that not only uh, you know, lights the, the wood on the altar, but consumes everything on the altar, including you know, the rocks and the stones that, you know, that made it up and the ground around it lapping up water. You know, that was part of it. So what a dramatic answer to prayer. And not only that, you know, God in response to that moment, uh, you know, returning the prosperity of the people by sending, you know, sending rain. And you have to love that little section where seven times he sends his servant back. So I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Okay, there's a really little mm-hmm. cloud. You can kind of cover it with your hand. And finally it opens into, uh, you know, the torrent of rain, the sign of God's blessing. Here we, we find in, in chapter 19 a low moment in, in the life of Elijah. As a matter of fact, he comes to a place of despair that um, he even asks the Lord to take his life. And, and this is very often the case with us. We, we move from you know, high moments to, you know, to low moments so quickly we soon you know, forget you know, the strength of God and we move to a place of... of self-pity and, and even depression and you have to love the honesty of god's word and you have to love how god shows himself to elijah in this moment i i love this passage i think it a little bit a uh, little bit more than even the passage before when you see this grand display of god's power mm-hmm. here in chapter 19 we're going to meet god not in a grand display of his power but in a gentle whisper of his of his word so as we turn to uh First uh, Kings 19, and we close out you know, this week of you know shaped by the Word. Uh, let's uh, offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord, Father. Thank you for the the wonder of of Scripture. We thank you for the story it tells that sometimes draws us in, and sometimes it is hard for us to read. We thank you how you work in and through our. our our, our unfaithfulness to prove yourself faithful time and time again. We thank you that you are a God who is dramatic in his power and gentle in his whisper. As we read, Father, may we see you for who you are and in seeing you for who you are, see ourselves for who we are. And may our hearts be transformed into the image of your Son by the power of your Spirit working through your Word to complete your work in us. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. First Kings 19, uh, now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom brush sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for a journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. 
There he went into a cave and he spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out, and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king of over Aram, and also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elijah, son of Shaphat, from Abel Mahaloah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escaped the sword of Haziel, and Elisha will put to death any who escaped the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went uh, from there and found Elijah, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat, and he gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Uh, how quickly we, we, we turn from you know, moments of, uh, of ecstasy and great joy to moments of you know, disillusionment and, and, and depression. And how God you know, faithfully meets us where we are. And, and you see him ministering to Elijah in, in, in so many new ways. Uh, you know, here is food to eat. You don't even have strength you know, for the journey. And uh, he reveals himself to him, not in the dramatic way you know, that Elijah was expecting, but in the, the, gentle, you know, the gentle whisper. And then you know, he asks him twice, what, what in the world are you doing here? And why, why are you running? Why are you here in the wilderness? Why are you with this? And he answers you know, the same way, your people. You know, they've broken your covenant, they've turned down your altars, they're not walking faithful with you, they've killed all your prophets, and they're, they're trying to kill me too. And, um, and God says, by the way, you're, you're not the only one. I, I've reserved for myself a people. Their knees have not bowed and their mouths have not kissed uh, the bales. So it's a nice you know, kind of little section. And then, by the way, I have work for you to do. You have a couple of kings to anoint and and you see him not only you see God not only exercising authority over Israel but over the kings of the nation and reminding that he raises up the kings of the nation and, and a prophet as well so what are some of the things that stand out as you guys read this passage yeah I think immediately for me you know you see kind of this great victory you know on the mountain and then you see now this you know Elijah was afraid ran for his life I'm take my life I'm no better than my ancestors and you know can can our faith stand, you know, in, in both the mountains and the valleys, if you want to use that imagery, 
And, and, and sure enough, we see God sustains Elijah on the mountain and he sustains Elijah, you know, in, in this this moment. And, and I love the way that, I mean, the Lord knows what Elijah's doing. That's like one of my favorite things in Scripture when the Lord asks those questions. You see it with Hagar, you know, Hagar, from where did you come? Where are you going? The Lord knows, and yet he's he's probing Elijah's heart. You know, and Elijah says, well, you know, don't you don't you see things how I see things? And the Lord says, let me show you how it, let me unfold to you how it really is. You know, you're the only one that you think is faithful, and yet I've reserved 7,000. You know, that I've, I've preserved a remnant, and that's going to be important for yeah. the story moving forward. But. No, no, it is that God always preserves the people for himself, even uh, when everything, you know, seems to be, uh, you know, as far from the heart of God as it could possibly be, there are always a faithful, you know, people, you know, that God preserves and through which he's preserving his line and which will ultimately lead to Christ. And then, of course, uh, you know, the question is, you know, asked by Jesus, when the Son of Man comes, will we find faith on earth? And, and again, God will preserve for himself, you know, a remnant of his people. Mm-hmm. No, I love just seeing just the nearness of God in this moment. I mean, it, it's almost a little comical. When, you know, he's, he's, he's laying there, an angel touched him, get up and eat, and he looks, and there's, a, there's some bread, you know, baked over hot coals and water, so he, he ate the bread, and then he, he lays back down again. I just find that funny, you know, just the little carb crash. But, uh, but we see, like, God cares for him, and, and he's in this moment of despair, and he meets him where he's at, and it's in meeting with God that he begins to be encouraged again, and I found wow. the same to be true in my own life. It's, it's when, when I do have those darker moments or those moments of just, oh my gosh, this is too much. You know, yeah, you can go to other things and maybe, yeah, maybe do some bread or a nap, but you need much more than that, right? Like yeah. You need to meet with the Lord, and it's in that grace that he does meet with the Lord, and the gentleness of, of God in him in that moment is, is beautiful. But then, yeah, then he reminds him, like, I've got people. You know, this is not over. You're, you're not the only one. And No, we do, we do feel know. isolated. We do feel alone. We exaggerate, you know, our faithfulness, all of these kinds of things. And you find ourselves in a little pity party. I, I find it a bit humorous that, you know, the first thing God does for him is feed him and give him a nap. Yeah. So I'm not going to deal with you while you're hungry and, <laughs> hungry and grumpy. And, uh, you know, in, in the beauty of, and of course, we need to hear, you know, the mount's called here Horeb, which is the same as Mount Sinai. Yeah. And you also have the image of a 40-day, you know, journey representing the 40 years, of course, that Israel, you know, spent. But this is a waste place where the covenant was initiated and where the people of God, uh, you know, were formed. And, and so in basis, God is leading him back to the very beginning to remind him, you know, of his faithfulness. And, of course, this is the same wilderness that Jesus will walk into and spend 40 days and 40 nights into as well. And uh, you hear the language, you know, walk to the edge of the cave. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if this is Mount Horeb, it could have been the very same rock, yeah. you know, that uh, God hid Moses in. And he mm-hmm. said, I'll pass before you. And he says, walk to the edge of the cave. And he says the same words, and I will pass in front of you. And then you see, uh, you know, you see the earth shattering wind and the earthquake and the fire. And then God is not in any of those, you know, grand phenomena, but here he is speaking quietly and, and gently, you know, to, uh, to Elijah. And so sometimes we do, you know, God, sometimes we look for God in spectacular events and, you know, monumental ways. And sometimes, you know, they're just sent that simple, quiet whisper uh, 
of the Spirit mm-hmm. through His Word, you know, that comforts us as as His children. And of course, that's you know the comfort yeah. you know that He offers. It, yeah. It's speculation, mm-hmm. but wouldn't it be cool to if you know in that moment we don't get to hear what that gentle whisper is, but what if it is the same words that God said to Moses, mm-hmm. you know, reminding Elijah of, you know, I have not failed. You know, my covenant will stand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speculation. And gracious kind of. and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a beautiful you know, kind of picture. And then interestingly enough, there, there's a little section there where, you know, he uh, anoints, you know, the two kings, you know, and then anoints, you know, the prophet just throws his cloak over him. And Elisha, you know, says to him, can I go back and kiss my you know, father and, and my mother? And Elijah's a little snarky there. What have I done to you? Do whatever you want to. But, you know, Jesus will say to us, don't turn mm-hmm. back. You know, if I've called you, don't 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 turn back. Mm-hmm. And, and so this is probably the, this moment as great as Elijah's response was to Elijah. The one who is calling us is even greater, and our mm-hmm. response should be even more immediate. When he says, "Follow him," we we follow him. Matt, you mind closing off the week in yeah. prayer for us? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you um, for this passage, for the reminder that. Um, you show up in, in mighty ways, and you show up with uh, gentle whispers. And, and so, Father, we we thank you um, as we see your heart and your concern for for your people and for Elijah in this passage. We're reminded um, also that that concern carries forward to our very lives. Uh, we thank you for um, the tender ways in, in which you deal with us at times, and um, for the encouragement we find um, in Christ. Father, we thank you that you are the God of all comfort. And so help us to um, to faithfully follow you um, through the ups and downs of life, to, to remain steadfast. Um, Father, thank you that you are the one who holds us. Um, and even when we are unfaithful, you remain faithful. And so, Father, um, encourage us in the gospel today. Remind us of, of who you are and remind us of uh, who we are in light of that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.